When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, day four of Brown's training camp in the books. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. We're going to recap what happened today with fans on at the facility for the first time. And then uh, in the second half of the podcast, you can hear my interview uh, with Nick Harris. That'll be after the break, but let's get right to it. Mary Kay, the fans were here. Their first look really at Deshaun Watson playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And uh, I mean, for all the things that maybe we expected, it seemed pretty straightforward. Yeah, we weren't really sure if we would see, you know, some people protesting anywhere around the facility. We didn't see anything like that. We didn't hear any boos. He got a very enthusiastic reception. Now, it wasn't a real loud, you know, booming cheer at the beginning, uh, but at the very end, people lined up to get his autograph, and he very graciously went over and signed a bunch of autographs. Uh, He actually uh, played rock, paper, scissors with a couple (laughs) of fans, uh, two young men, and, uh, and when they won, he took off each of his cleats, signed them, and gave them to him. So he walked away from practice in his socks, or as I said last year about uh, Odell Beckham Jr., in his stocking yes. feet. I'm famous for having said that. Infamous for having said that. Um, but anyway, so, he, yeah, he walked out in his socks, and, um, yeah, nothing bad happened uh, in that regard, fortunately. I've seen guys walking out in their socks and get their foot gets stepped on. Well, and, we also uh, remember they miss the Bra- Braylon Edwards. Braylon Edwards, <laughs> yes, I had visions of that. But anyways, so that was kind of a cute scene. And for the most part, uh, it was kept to football today. I mean, people treated him just like the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns and not the person that we've seen and heard about so often in the news. And Ash, I mean, I guess that's sort of ultimately where the Browns hope this go, right? Like, yeah. We're, that we're talking about football, and obviously it's hard now because we don't have the suspension news. There's still four lawsuits out there. But ultimately, this is sort of what the Browns envisioned this being. Yeah, and again, I think that's why they were willing to... This This was a gamble, right? Like, because of all of the, the, of the sexual misconduct allegations that he faces, the possible suspension for violating the personal conduct policy, this was going to be a gamble with how people were going to react, with how much time he's going to miss, with what people now think of the organization, all those things. But when we've talked about it, we're like, a quarterback of this caliber with this talent on the field does not come around often, which it may be slightly cynical to say that kind of 
I think made it easier to overlook some of these other things that were happening with him off the field. And, you know, maybe assuming that a large portion of this fan base was eventually going to come around when they, when he hit the field, when they start winning games. And like Mary Kay said today, it felt pretty normal. There was none of that really backlash that we were, you know, theorizing might happen. I was walking through a group of fans and somebody yelled, go win us a Super Bowl, Deshaun. Um, so that was like one of the first things I saw when I got out on the field today. Um, I heard fans talking about what we've been talking about, which is the way he throws these balls in practice is just different. And you, you heard a lot of comments about that today from the fans. Yeah, I know when we walked back to see the puppies at the Puppy Pound, um, we were coming back and 7-on-7 seven seven was, was just starting and I heard overheard a fan say, oh, that's the Deshaun effect. I didn't see the play, but I'm assuming it was a, a ball that was completed and, uh, you know, a great play by the receiver, whatever it was. That's the Deshaun effect. And we've seen it for three days and then going back to the spring. But now the fans, I think over time, are going to start to see this, especially as practice starts to ramp up. Yeah, and and one thing to remember is that uh, the people that take the time to come out here and watch practice and get the tickets and, uh, you know, make the trek here and sit outside are generally the people that are all in on the Cleveland Browns. And they are, you know, they love their Browns and they are willing to forgive and they're willing to overlook. And I think that uh, that was the segment of the fan base that we saw today. That's not how everybody feels. We obviously know that. Uh, But I think uh, out here at practice, it's probably going to be a pretty pleasant experience for him. And once these fans watch the product on the football field, they're going to get more and more excited. Because once those pads come on, which will happen on Tuesday, uh, he's going to be making some pretty phenomenal, phenomenal, there I go again, (laughs) tripping over my word, phenomenal plays. And... uh, and it's just going to be a, a sight to behold. Mm-hmm. By the way, okay, so we have to take a, we have to stop here for a second. There was some podcast controversy before we hit record, and I'm going to ask our listeners oh, to no. help us out. <laughs> so those of you who listen to the what is today Saturday, so those of you who listen to the Friday podcast might have heard me make fun of Mary Kay for using the word goodly. <laughs> Ashley contends that Mary Kay did not use the word goodly. And and let me say, I listen back to all of our podcasts, but I do so. I listen to every podcast at one and a half speed, (laughs) but I rewound it. And I'm like, because I was like, wait a second. Dan's the one who said goodly. Mary Kay did not (laughs) say that. She stopped herself and then said solidly. So this is what I think. But again, it was at one and a half speed. So maybe some of you can... Slow it down to 0.5 speed and figure it out. But I think Mary Kay got some unfair <laughs> jokes sent her way yesterday this, on this pod. This is what's known as girl power. Yeah. <laughs> we need, well, I was raised with two sisters, so I'm, I'm used <laughs> to this. Used to be up. But, uh, but, so we need our listeners. If you haven't listened yet, I don't know why you'd listen to this one first, but if you've listened already, if you haven't listened, go back and listen and tweet at us or leave us a reviewers i don't know whatever tweet at us and let us know if you're a tech subscriber send us a text if you're a tech subscriber if you're not a tech subscriber get subscribed and send us a text uh blue banner at the top of the page cleveland.com slash browns and let us know we i gotta know did she actually say goodly i could go back and do the work myself but i'd rather our listeners and of course you know dan is the podcast editor so if he (laughs) really wanted to have my back on that could have uh, he could have sliced that out of there, but uh, he decided to leave it in, and you know, I have a sense of humor, so I was totally fine with that, but 
uh, in the very same podcast. I'm pretty sure he mispronounced his own name. <laughs> but we're not going to talk like about that. Like at the that. beginning, but nobody yeah. listens to the beginning. They yeah. all, they're all fast-forwarding through the effort. Nobody heard that. Okay. Okay, let's get back to, uh, to the football field. Um, so bad news. Let, let's go this direction here. Isaiah Weston, who is a guy that a lot of fans are very intrigued by, size, speed, an undrafted guy. And when you bring those guys up, that's who fans mention I think more than others. Uh, he was carted off today. Uh, so a knee injury is the initial report. We don't know the severity of it. Obviously it didn't look great. Uh, had his head in his hands as he was getting carted off. So uh, a tough situation for Isaiah Weston. Mary Kay, what does it mean though, if you know this is the worst case scenario and he's done for the year? Well, you know, I'll tell you what. Every year, fans sort of adopt and embrace one of these unheralded young receivers and I do get a lot of questions about Isaiah Weston you know uh, yeah it's, fans it's, seem it's, interested in yeah so fans are interested um and uh, he was sort of the one that people were keeping an eye on and if if that were the only thing that happened to a receiver so far this summer it might not loom so large but it comes right on the heels of David Bell going on PUP with a foot injury. He's going to be out for another at least one more week. And then Anthony Schwartz, who had that star-crossed rookie season, and I wrote this story about him wanting to come back and really get off on the right foot, strained the knee the other day, and he's going to be out for a while day-to-day back for the opener. So when you compound all those things and put them together, they're starting to get thin at the receiver spot. I mean, I actually thought, even before David Bell suffered the foot injury, that they needed to sign another veteran receiver. Been harping on that. I think you guys agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but here they are now down three young receivers on this football team. And now I think it's time uh, to get on the phone and start trying to see if you can't get maybe another body or two in here. Yeah, Ashley, and, and this is sort of, this just muddles up kind of the bottom of that of that group. And I mean, look, injuries open the door for guys. It's as tough as that is to talk about, so maybe that makes it easier for Michael Woods, who we've discussed, is he going to be the first draft pick that the Browns cut? Um, it, it makes it easier for a guy like that to get on the roster. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, a Mike Harley or, or someone like that. It opens the door for him, maybe some other undrafted guys. Um, but... Again, just a tough break for Weston because there is some... I mean, Lance Reisland did a big film breakdown of him. There is something there. Yeah, I mean, and I think, again, that's why fans have been been asking about him given his numbers and his length and his mobility, all these things. Like, it, it does, you know, stink for him that he goes down with this knee injury. We don't obviously yet know the extent of it. Um, but this is a, the time when guys like that, these undrafted guys, can really prove themselves. And again, like we said, with David Bell out, with Anthony Schwartz out, those are reps for these guys to get. So now he's not out there, too. And, and like Mary Kay said, I think it just underscores, again, like they should be seriously, I think, thinking about getting a veteran guy in here. It already felt a veteran receiver short, which we talked about the other day. Um, and now I think even, even more so with each one of these injuries that pops up. So, you know what, uh, I was thinking about Cole Beasley the other day. Does, mm-hmm. does that do anything for you guys? He's 33 years old. He's out there. He's a free agent, uh, but he is a, an established veteran, and he catches everything that comes his way. I, I, what do you think about him? I, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a ton of him last year. I'm not sure why Buffalo decided to if it was just a money issue or what. But, you know, yeah, somebody like that would be interesting. He's, he can play in the slot. Um like you said, he catches everything. You would think that he would fit well with Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, I think that's the type of player 
even more so, and Will Fuller's a guy that we've talked about, obviously, yeah. on this pod, but he comes with the caveat of he gets hurt a lot. So, you know, Cole, I, I mean, I don't have his game log in front of me, but he generally plays. Um, you, you, he's generally pretty reliable. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's somebody who would be worth taking a look at. Well, I am the straight-A student on this podcast, <laughs> and I did pull up Cole Beasley's stats so, from So am I year. right that he, he doesn't he, miss a ton of time? Well, I didn't pull up his game log. I did just pull up his stats from last year. Um, 82 passes, 693 yards, an average of 8.45 yards per catch, which was a career low for him. So I think playing with Deshaun Watson and hearing that's his career low, I mean, it is interesting to think about the Will Fuller thing, and maybe Mary Kay has some actual like reporting insight because I'm just speculating here like I I kind of like would have think he would be here already if like they really wanted him I would have think like Deshaun Watson would go to them and be like hey can we get my guy in here or something like that and they would maybe oblige but that just hasn't happened yeah I mean Will Fuller would like to come here Mm -hmm. and be reunited with Deshaun until Deshaun Watson knocks on Andrew Barry's door and says go get me Will Fuller yeah it's probably not gonna happen if Deshaun wants it and they find out that Deshaun is coming back for, uh, you know, for half the season or whatever, and that's something he really asks for, then it could possibly happen. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It just seems like they have decided they want to kind of bet on the guys they have at that position. We've seen them do that before at other positions. We're mm-hmm. going to bet on the guys we have, and it just feels like that's what they want to do. But if more guys start to, to drop here and... You know, Anthony Schwartz is day-to-day, but he hasn't been out there the last two days. So, I I mean, I don't know. Is he back after the off day? Is he back late next week? You know, who knows exactly when he's going to be back on the practice field. And as we mentioned, when you miss time and you're a guy like that, sometimes that can snowball a little bit and, you you know, pull a hammy or something something like that. So, obviously, hopefully that won't happen. But that's always kind of in play with a guy like him. Another pass catcher we heard from David Njoku today – he is very excited to play with Deshaun Watson. Let's just put it that way. He kind of smiled when he was asked about Deshaun, and, and you could just tell he was excited about it. Uh, he's also excited to block, even though Ashley and uh, Kimberly Martin were, were trying to get him to talk about his pass catching again. They Come on, David, don't you want to talk about that? He kept talking about blocking. But as a pass catcher, how much better, Ashley, do you think Deshaun Watson is going to make David Njoku? I think a lot because Deshaun has historically used his tight ends. Kevin Stefanski likes to integrate tight ends into the pass game, I think. So that's a good combination for him. Like when Mary Kay says he's a player of, or player who can get eight touchdowns in a season, I think that's true with a guy like Deshaun Watson who's thrown, I think, like 20% of his career touchdown passes to tight ends. So... I just think overall, like, this is going to be maybe the best situation David Njoku has been in as a Cleveland Brown, um, and just more comfortability. You know, he's going into his sixth season already. He's still a fairly young guy, and he said today, like, mentally, I feel more mature, and physically, I still feel like I'm young. So that, I think, all bodes really well when you have a quarterback that can, you know, throw the ball the way that Deshaun Watson does, too. And and Mary Kay, you've been as bullish on Njoku as anybody on, on this pod through the years. Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched his hands get better over the years. Uh, I still think occasionally he loses his concentration a little bit. Uh, but but when he stays really dialed in and locked in on the football, I think he's gotten a lot better in that regard. We know that his blocking is good. Uh, and I think Deshaun is going to be really great at placing the ball where only David Njoku can get it. And also, he can put touch on the ball. He can, he's got such exceptional arm talent 
uh, that, you know, when he needs to take a little bit off of it in the red zone, he can do that. Baker, remember, used to just gun it in the red zone. And that made it hard to catch. I think Deshaun throws just a beautiful, beautiful ball. And you just kind of hear it smack into the hands. and, um, And it's just, I think it will lend itself to a lot more touchdowns for David Njoku, and also, uh, you know, he needs to get the targets for that to happen. He needs to get the targets. I mean, he's the number one tight end right now. If he doesn't have somewhere approaching eight touchdowns in 17 games, then I think something's kind of wrong. When you've got a guy like that, with that kind of size, and with a quarterback like that, again, I'm counting on uh, Deshaun being there for like eight or nine games or something like that. So if you have that, there's no reason he shouldn't have eight touchdown catches this year. Yeah, I mean, there's no more excuses, right? Like, right. There's always been excuses. I do think there was maybe a trust issue there at times with Baker. Um, yeah, it's just, I'll just never forget that Giants game in 2020 when he fell down on the goal line and got back up, and Baker threw a tougher pass to Jarvis instead, and it was probably one of Baker's best throws, but then you go to the sideline, and there's that mic'd up of David saying, hey, I was open. What I just It always felt just a little bit off with, with those two. Yeah, I, I do think that there was... Uh, occasionally a little bit of a of a trust factor and I think that that came from Deshaun um, from David as we said before sometimes he will just he would just drop the the easy ball and catch the contested catch but the fact that he can just jump up over guys and he's so big and so tall and so muscular and um, you know I just I just really think that uh, this is the year for him with Deshaun. Okay, one more topic here. Cade York, Ashley, he put on a show today for the fans. We talked about Deshaun, but Cade York went out and drilled six field goals. I think his longest was 48, yep. uh, and there were they were no doubters, every single one of them. Yeah, I mean, I think just about every single one of those looked good. Like, they would have been good from, like, 60 yards out. And again, like, the ball just sounds different when it comes off his foot. It's just like a thud that, like, <laughs> echoes throughout the cross-country mortgage campus. Um, and again, there was a lot of, like, positive fan reaction for Cade York, which I think at a lot of training camps, maybe the kickers don't get that kind of appreciation but these like Mary Kay said these diehards that come to train camp know how much of an issue this has been over the last like 10 years and finding you know not really being able to find consistency post Phil Dawson and right now Cade York it's like the expectations I think are sky high which again you want to temper it a little bit like this is against light pressure the weather's not bad it's not in the stadium all that stuff but it's better than, you know, we saw that Jacksonville kicker get, get cut yeah. for hitting a media member yesterday, right? So he's not doing that, and that is all, I think, positive stuff going into the season. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Mary Kay. You watch these kicks, and it's like, you are not you don't even really have to look to see if the guys put their arms up underneath the goalposts. You just kind of know they're right down the middle, and they're long enough. Yeah, I mean, so far, so good. And right now, it's happening in lovely weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good. There's no, you know, wind whipping off the lake. There's no ice. There's no snow or anything like that. Um, but uh, it's looking good so far, and it, it really seems like they have solidified a position that has been a thorn in their side for a long time. I think he's got Pro Bowl potential. It's going to be hard to make the Pro Bowl because of the, all the yeah. good kickers. Mm-hmm. In Just the in the AFC. division, Just even. Just in the division. <laughs> yeah. They're all good. Uh, but now the Browns can, uh, you know, stack right up there with the best in the division. And it's really going to help them. These games are so close, and it's going to come down to an extra point, or it's going to come down to a field goal plenty enough times this season. So 
good for them that they finally figured it out. Okay, I think that's everything. Did we miss anything? Mary Kay, you got one other thing? Yes, I do have one other thing, and that is um, I got a chance to talk to Chris Kiffin today, and he said some really cool things about Miles Garrett. Mm -hmm. uh, he said he's more locked in than he's ever seen him, and he absolutely thinks that uh, he doesn't understand why he doesn't get more votes for NFL Defensive Player of the Year. He thinks he is right up there, uh, that you know maybe this could be his year. And he just has never really seen him be so determined to take his game to the next level uh, as he's seeing out there this year. So Kevin said something interesting, and I, I think at the end of 2020 I was asking around about this a little bit. Um, he said something interesting the other day after Miles talked, and somebody mentioned sack production. And Kevin kind of said sack, essentially I'm paraphrasing here, sacks are great, but pressures tell the story. Um, they really value the fact that Miles Garrett creates a ton of pressure. And, and, you know, another example just outside of this building, Bill Belichick gave a long answer last season about pressure and why he loves pressures and thinks they're more important than sacks. I, I still think sacks matter, but pressures are really, really important, Ashley, because they do create kind of this domino effect where you can get the turnovers that you want Mary Kay and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, especially with like the analytics now and how much teams focus on that, I think it's, it's understandable why those are so attractive, especially to a team like the Browns. And that's why when all these guys have been talking about this <laughs> alpha dog competition this week, I got to think pressures are a part of that, even though they won't tell us the exact criteria and what they're tracking. I think that matters to them maybe even more so than the sack numbers do in these practices yeah and, and you'll see if you come out to practice or whatever you'll see miles get a ton of pressures because you can't sack the quarterback but he i mean he had one today he'll let you know when he thinks he uh when he thinks a play should be whistled he'll uh he'll let everybody here at the uh, what is this cross-country mortgage campus yes. he'll let everyone know at the cross-country mortgage campus there you go browns i gave you your your plug uh that that he thinks that would have been a sack yeah sure and i did talk to uh grant delpit today and he said alpha dog started today Okay. And they are tracking fumbles, interceptions, sacks, strips, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I was asking him afterwards, like, you know, so what you... Like, so what? Grant totally <laughs> let the cat out of the bag. After, After everybody wrote three about days, it. I spent three days asking all these guys about to try to get... And I, <laughs> I glean pieces here and there. I try to do a little something creative with the writing of that story, if you haven't read it yet for our listeners, but... Um, yeah, it's like we, they, they're, they're so secretive about these weird <laughs> training camp things and competitions yeah. and rituals or whatever. And the grant apparently just let the, let the cat out of the bag totally. Yeah. Which I, we love him for that. Thank of you, course. Grant. <laughs> but he did say, I asked him what the prize is. And he said, I don't know what the prize is. He said, I don't even know if there really is a prize. I think Joe Woods does not. I think he's tempting them with that. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't one. But I feel like he's going to have to now that they've been oh, yeah, they they've been it. talking about it. <laughs> but I, I, I do think, I do buy that, that maybe Joe doesn't even know what it, yeah. it is yet. Okay, well, there we go. Our uh, day four of training camp. But we're going to have our own competition here on the podcast, our own Alpha Dogs competition. And I think I am losing after that exchange <laughs> earlier. I am yeah. definitely behind in, in this competition. We're going to so. track jokes, insults, <laughs> comebacks, all that. Fiddlies, all yeah. of that stuff. Uh, okay, that'll do it for this segment. Uh, coming up after the break, I had a chance to sit down with Nick Harris. I thought it was a pretty fun interview, so give it a listen. Uh, we will be back on Monday with a pod when the Browns return to practice. They are taking Sunday off. So until then, uh, for Mary Kay and Ashley, I'll talk to everyone later. On the other side, uh, my interview with Nick Harris. So, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of beefing up a little bit. So what weight were you at before you kind of started putting it on? 
Oh man, uh, I think I I was like 295. Okay. Uh, yeah, around around 295. Yeah. So what what was your goal weight? Are you up to it now? Yeah. So I'm 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 actually a little more than it. Um, but with camp, you know, you lose a couple right. pounds just you right. know running around. But yeah, I'm at a, I'm at a, I'm at about like a you know 308 around that around that area. So after camp, hopefully I stay like 305. Maybe ho- hopefully get back up to that. So okay. Did we'll did somebody like give you that number, or was that just you kind of? Uh, that's just the number that I felt comfortable with, and it's the number that me and you know the nutritionists and the strength coaches kind of um, kind of came up with, thinking that's the best weight for me. Um, so it was kind of just a team effort between all of us. Okay. Well, so when did that process start then? Like, was it was it when you kind of knew you were going to be the guy at center, or when when did you decide to? Do it, that? it was something that I I I personally wanted to fix, whether I was the starter or not. I needed to, you know, I felt like I needed to change my body composition a little bit. Um, it just helped my game. It it just helps me more in my game. But you know, then you know, I got that. You know, I realized that okay, maybe I'm potentially going to be you know the, the number one uh, center. So um, you know, then it, that kind of happened. But that didn't motivate me or anything. Yeah. It, I, it was just more. It was honestly a personal decision before I even okay. during the season I was thinking about it. Okay. Like, oh, next off season, I'm gonna you know lock in and try and figure out what's the best way to put some weight on. I mean, is there something that that happened or like just getting you know out on the practice field or like just getting in the game like that you were like you know what I need to be a little heavier? Or? No, it's just one of those things. Just being an undersized guy, uh, you know, I'm not the tallest guy, but what I can fix I mean what I can help is my you know my body composition and putting muscle on and getting stronger so I just thought it was something that I need to you know hone in and you know if I want to play in this league for a while and I want to you know and I want to be good in this league you know I got it you got got to take the necessary steps so that's kind of where my mindset was so so what did you do (laughs) man I was here in Cleveland, Ohio, through the winter, <laughs> through the spring, season. through oh, the man. summer, I was here at this facility every day working out uh, with Evan Marcus and Larry and all those guys, and um, you know, and then I was always got constantly picking Katie's brand of nutritionist, just trying to figure out the best plan for my eating, and you know, just trying to just pack on weight. That's it. <laughs> That's really it. That's it. There wasn't nothing else to it. It was just a lifting, eating, lifting, eating, lifting, eating all day. So, were, were you eating anything different, or like just yeah, I was eating cleaner. Okay. You know, eating cleaner. I've always kind of been like a clean eating guy, but um, just cutting out all the excess stuff and um, eating up way more. I just like tripled my intake of uh, food. So I'm, you know, okay. I had that. I had, that's where I had to take the next step was just the amount I was eating because I burned so many calories. So, so where do you usually spend your off season before this one then? Uh, last off season, I was back home, back on the West Coast. Okay. Um, but you know, I was just like, you know, I'm gonna just stay here and you know, lock in. <laughs> okay. So, I'm sorry about the where's home. Uh, 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 California. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So. Spending the the winter here, <laughs> that yeah. had to be sort of a, a wake up call, right? Yeah, I, I mean, mean you've been here when it's been cold. Yeah, I've, yeah, I was, like, yeah, I've been here, so I was used to it. I was used to it, so it wasn't too bad. Honestly. You had to get a little tired of like the gray sky. A little bit, like. but I mean, I went to I went to school in Washington, yeah, that's true. so I mean, that's I'm true. I'm used to I'm used to the gray, so I, I think I, I was good. I was cut out for it. So, you know, your first two years, you kind of know with with a guy like JC in front of you and Joel and, and Wyatt that you're probably gonna have to wait a little while. Is, I mean, is that tough? Um, it's, I mean, it's tough if you make it that in your head, you know, I kind of took it as like opportunity just to get better and save my body, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like yeah. you don't, you only play, play 
so many years in this league, you know, and this sport is just so, you know, demanding on your body. I just took it as like, okay, I'm just going to learn, take as many rests in practice as possible, learn from a guy like JC, learn from these dudes, uh, Y and Joel and Jack and Hub and all the guys who have played, you know, substantial football and, you know, just kind of lay back and, you know, just focus on my craft and you know when my number's called you know I'll you know I, I hope I hopefully I'll perform then but um but yeah I mean it, it's not it's not tough you know it's just if if you make it that it is but I just I kind of went went at it with a good attitude and just like you know what let me just get better honestly like just let me just take my role let's just play my role and you know it, you know hopefully all those reps and stuff will pay off. So, you know, obviously you're getting reps, um, you know, with the second team, things like that. But, like, I, I guess what's it like for you in the meeting room? What's it like for you kind of going through that process, just just knowing you're, you're probably not going to get on the field? Uh, I think I think Bill does a good job though, uh, though with le- letting us know that there there is no there's no starter in this in this league. You know you can play anything can happen and you can be playing the rest of the season. So yeah. we do a good job uh, in our room. Uh, everybody preparing as if they're starting, and he and he and he holds us to that standard. So. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it's it, we have a good a good culture in that room of just guys who just want to work and guys who just want to stay prepared. So, and that's one of our main things, just being prepared. Um, so, that's kind of just how that went. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what is Bill like to to learn from him? And I mean, I've talked to other other linemen, and it's I mean, obviously rave about the guy. So, what's it like to kind of work with him? And and what has he meant to you? Ah, uh, man, I mean, he's. I mean, you know, his his name speaks for itself around the league. You know, you you mention his name, everybody perks up a little bit when you talk about online play. But um, man, I mean, he just he he's he's just so he focuses. Uh, he's very detail oriented when it comes to this position. Um, you know, this the, the, this position like O line, you get so monotonous because you're just banging heads all the time. That's what everybody thinks you're doing, but it's so detail oriented, and he that's what he folks. That's what he separates him. It's just his focus on the details, um, and just what how, what he demands from us on the practice field um, throughout the whole season. You know, it's easy to go, you know, go hard in camp and yeah. go hard for the first couple of weeks, and it, you know, kind of taper off when stuff, you know. But we we go the opposite way. Like towards the end of the season, we're working more than we do in the <laughs> beginnings because that's his whole mindset. But I mean, it's 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 a blessing, man, and be able to learn from a, a guy like him. And these first two years, I tell people like. I learned so much more about more than I thought I would learn <laughs> about football in these last two years than I ever thought. I thought I was a pretty, you know, like a kind of a smart yeah. football player in college. Like, I'm a, you know, I think I know my stuff. Yeah. Got here, man. I learned a whole nother side of the <laughs> position and the game. Um, so, I mean, I mean, he's just, he's a great coach to have um, early on. Well, and I mean, you got JC too. And yeah. He's obviously a really smart guy, Cornell yeah. guy, and has been in the league for a long time. So I mean, is he? Did you kind of learn a lot from him too? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I learned a lot of a lot of stuff about just how to be a professional center. I mean, because it's, it's more than more than what meets the eye. You know, just how he was in the meeting rooms, how his discussions with uh, Bill were, and how his discussions were for AVP, and and just you know, because you know, the center needs to know a lot of stuff and. Um, he held those conversations as a professional, as I thought, very professionally. And I mean, even just how he plays, he's always consi- consistent football player, always on the field. Um, you know, he always, he never held back if I asked him a question. Like he didn't, you know, try and be like, no, I'm not gonna tell you. No, he always, you know, if I if I had to pick his brain, he always let me know like what he did in certain blocks, and you know, so it was definitely definitely good to 
sit behind uh, him for a couple years and learn from him, definitely. Did, did it help you that, you know, especially last year, there were a lot of times when he wasn't practicing. He was yeah. kind of just trying to get get to that game on Sunday. I mean, did, it, did that help you that you were kind of getting some of those reps against the 100%, first team? Yep, 100%. I think, I think that's where I got the – I think that's where I got all, a lot of my, my confidence now mm-hmm. is just the practice reps I got from my rookie year. My second year, just I'm always, and then I got that's how I got comfortable with these guys, like the you know Wyatt, Joel, Jack, you know uh, Jed, like just got comfortable with them guys, cause you know when I'm practicing with them all the time, I'm getting used to how they see things, how they talk, how to you know what I'm saying. So yeah. now that I'm in the position of you know be the starter, um, it just see it's seamless. It's a seamless transition. It's not like awkward or anything, you know. Right. So um, I think those reps definitely helped a lot. So, you know, you mentioned O-line can be a little monotonous. You're just banging your head over and over again against guys. But did, did you kind of – I know you were getting some special teams reps. I know you got that Green Bay game, a yeah. couple games your rookie year. But did you kind of miss it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, I, I definitely wanted to play, you know. But I knew my role. You know, it's a, it's a, it's it's being being comfortable in your role and knowing what you're here to do. And I think that's the key thing is – just knowing what your role is it's not my it wasn't my time yet you know what i'm saying so i just had to i had to go through that and i had to you know learn i had to practice all the time and i had to you know what i'm saying yeah. but you know i was prepared whenever my number was called um to play just because that's how we are in that room so um it was tough but i it, it i mean obviously i wanted to play football but right. like i knew what i knew what was going on. i knew what my role was so where, where does that mindset come from? Because, I mean, you said, you know, look, you could, it can be hard if you want Make it to be it, yeah. hard. But, like, where, where does that mindset come from where you're like, you know, I know my situation. I'm just going to make the best of it. Does that come from somebody in particular or I, how you were raised? I don't, yeah, yeah no. I mean, I think it, it comes from a lot of people. Um, I, I would say, you know, my mom. <laughs> my mom just how, you know. She teaches me how to just, you know, accept your role, accept your responsibility in your moment. Um, and I just think, I mean, honestly, just personally, I, that's how I, this is how I think. I, I, I don't really, I, I don't, I don't take stuff like too personal. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, it's just kind of just how I do things. It's yeah. just like how my mindset is for real. But, and I think it's just a football thing too. Y'all, everybody's like, do your job, play your role. You know what I'm saying? Like that thing, that stuff can go through one ear and out the other. But um, I take that. I mean, I take it serious, you know, because it's true. It's true. If you start thinking ahead and all this stuff, you're not focusing on what you're doing in the present. Then you're not. You're not separating yourself. You're just kind of just going through the motions. So, so you got thrown in against the. Uh, I think it was the Giants, and then you yeah. started the next week. And then, of course, last year you get that game at center against yeah. Green Bay. Could you feel a difference from those couple games you played your rookie year to when you you got that opportunity to start last year? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think I'm I I'm a center. That's my position. Yeah. Um, I naturally I think I'm that's my position. I'm a I'm a, I'm a center. Um, but it was good to feel the fire, feel the feel the heat of the prof- of professional football in those first two years at guard um, for those those couple games. Um, you know, we got down a lot of guys that year with COVID injuries, yeah. so um, it was the situation. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
going into that Green Bay game, I just, I just felt, I just felt, it felt right. Like, I felt good. Like, like I don't know. I was just so, like, I was excited as hell. Like, I got, I was, like, too, almost too excited where I was like, oh, shit, like, dude, we're about to do this, you know what I'm well, saying? It's like Christmas Day, yeah, national it, TV. It, like. Yeah, it was just a, it was a beautiful scene, man. But, um, yeah, it just felt, it felt, it just felt right. And then once I got out there, got some pops, and it felt it, like, I was like, okay, I belong here. Like, I belong in this position and be be playing in this under these lights and um, because obviously in those two years you 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 had those thoughts like damn am I even like right. am I am I am I good up like you know what I'm saying because you're just now you're not playing so much so, right um, but yeah so so you I mean you did have a little bit of that doubt even though you kind of knew that they believed in you you did have a little bit of like is is this going to happen even, I wouldn't even say it was doubt it was just more like I'm not playing so I I'm not just like. You just don't know. Like, right. you just don't know because you're just watching all the time. You know what I'm saying? You practice all the time, but practice different in the game, you know. So I wouldn't say I had any doubts. It was just more like anxiety of, like, am I going to be able to play? Like, am yeah. I going to play eventually? Yeah, well, like, yeah, this league is so fickle. Like, yeah, anything. Guy, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, so like, it was just more like, damn, I just want to get on the field. Like, <laughs> I just want to play. Like, did, so, uh, uh, you know, you get to make that start and then you got to go back. But yeah. did that sort of. I don't know. Did that mo- did that kind of fire something inside of you or motivate you? Uh, yeah. like, did that change? 100%. I don't know if change your mindset's the right word. Yeah. It sounds like your mindset's been right all along. Yeah. Did that change anything for you? No, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it changed anything, but it like I think motivated was the was the word is the word. I think it it, it just it made me understand how it felt playing center in the National Football League under those bright lights at you know that time right. and. You know, I, I felt it felt right when I left that game, even though we lost and obviously I want to win. But, you know, look, I was like, you know what? I feel good. Like, I feel like I feel like, OK, like, let's 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 rock now. Like, let's move on now. And yeah, let's let's get it going. So. And, and it was kind of like your chance to show, like, obviously, they've seen you in practice. They've seen your yeah. meetings. It was your chance to show these guys like, hey, when the lights are on, I, I can do this. Right. A hundred percent. I mean. You know, like we're always getting interviewed. Every practice is an interview. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every time we're out on the practice, you know, we got the cameras on us. And, but some um, interviews the coaches. are bigger than others. Yeah, right, right, right. But, um, you know, so every anytime you can showcase your skills and, and play, and you know, it's it's always a win for what, you. What kind of feedback did you get after that game? I, you know, I just nothing too crazy. Okay. Just, you know, just we just want we, – we watched it as if it was – Anything else? Like we watched the film, flushed it, and on yeah. to the next week. So it wasn't like I got all these hoorahs and all that. It was just you know watch the film. So there was stuff I needed, you know things I need to do better in that game. Um, but that's it. And then you watched it and moved on to the next one. Did you get to get any like family or anybody out? Because I know it happened. Like I think it JC happened tested two days positive before. on like Thursday. Yeah, so were you before. able to get anybody nah. to that game? No, I yeah, like you said, two days before is when I, I was like, oh damn, I'm playing. So. <laughs> I didn't get I, I literally no one even knew like there was two people I told my mom and I told my girlfriend like I was playing <laughs> and everybody like was sit watching the game like what the hell like you started I was like oh yeah I forgot to tell everybody <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel any more sense of responsibility out there now like I mean you're still the young guy on that line but like do you I guess you're the starting center now is yeah. it is it different this t- this camp like in that sense do you feel more responsibility I, I i mean i like personally i i feel i don't feel any different because i like you said I practice so much right i got so many reps <laughs> i don't really feel that much but i mean do you, do you feel like you 
I mean, it's, it's probably, I mean, Joel and yeah. Joel and Wyatt are probably the voices in that room. But do you yeah. are you more vocal in the room? Have you just always been a guy who's been vocal? Like, nah, I, I just I like I like back to the like I'm playing my role. Like I'm now the starting center. That's my role. I'm gonna perform as such. I'm gonna go about every day as such. But that's just that's just what I that's my that's my job. So that's how I'm going about it. How, how much does it help you to have those guys next to you? Oh, I mean, a lot. You know, those are definitely they're the top-notch talent at their position. So I mean, when you're playing between those type of guys, helps you so much. You know, even their just their knowledge of the game and um, you know their talent. You know, their leadership, their voice out there. You know, it's it's, it's definitely. Uh, it's definitely a plus when you're playing between two yeah. two really good guards like that. <laughs> and, and how much is it meant to you? I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, like I mentioned, the NFL is a fickle place. There's a lot of places where they wouldn't bring a guy in and develop him and kind of set up that set him up to be successful, right? Like you have been. What does it mean that this organization, you know, they picked you and now they've made this investment in you and have kind of kind of set you up to have that success? Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot, man. It, it, it's definitely. I'm, I'm blessed to be have this opportunity because you know. It, <laughs> Man, there was a lot of times where I didn't even think I was gonna play in the NFL just based off my size. You know, that yeah. was always a, always a knock on me. It was just my size. So there was times where I didn't even think I was gonna play college. So, man, just the fact that they even gave me the opportunity to play here, let alone you know now they're trusting me to you know start is. I mean, it means a lot. It really does. It, it truly does. And and I'm and I'm glad that. You know, I have the opportunity. Well, no, like you were made for this system. It seems like. I mean, you mentioned your size. You're like you were made to kind of be in this system. It feels like a little bit like JC, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and a lot of the stuff I I ran in college. Um, a lot of this is the same thing. So. Um, it more was just learning the techniques of uh, Coach Callahan because, like, it just I had to reinvent my whole game down there. Like, not reinvent it, but there was a lot of things I had to change about my game over those years. Countless hours and time after practice and before practice and during practice. I'm just trying to get it right because, like you said, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't playing, so I, I took that time to like really hone in and. Um, but yeah. So you were even hearing about your size in college? I was. I've been hearing about my size <laughs> since high school. I, I had one offer out of high school. Yeah. Just, um, just Washington. Yeah. Just Washington, and then going through the draft process. You know, <laughs> my size, and then I got here, my size, and yeah. it's it's always gonna be a topic of discussion, but. I don't really care at this point. I honestly think it helps me because <laughs> I'm like under everybody and I'm not like six five and I have to bend my knees too much. Like yeah. I, it's a leverage thing. The yeah, whole that's point true. Of all right. line is gaining leverage, and if I'm already under, is that helping me? Like, that's how I think about it. Yeah, I mean, you're already, you're already, you're already starting low. Yeah, so, so like, I, I think it helps me, but you know, it doesn't look, it doesn't look the part, I guess. Right, right. You sort, so you sort of had to prove it to everybody yeah. as you've kind of gone along. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, good luck. I appreciate you taking the time, yeah. man. It was good to meet no you. Doubt. No, nice to meet you too.